Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to talk about, as I said, spiritual freedom, because we are in a spiritual battle, and the battlefield is our mind. And I'm going to lead to another little story that I heard. It's about a fellow who dies and he, he goes to heaven and, and St. Peter is giving him the tour of heaven. And he's going down all these corridors and every corridor has got someone's name written on a door. And as you go down this one corridor, he sees this one door with his name on it. He said, Peter, let me in there because that's got my name on it. And Peter said, no, no, we got, haven't got time. He said, no, please, he was insistent. So Peter opened the door and he walked in and inside this room there was shelves full of, of lovely parcels, lovely presents wrapped up in amazing paper. And every single present had this bloke's name on it. He said, Peter, these presents are for me. And Peter looked at him he said, no, he said, those presents were for you. Those were the blessings that you should have had or could have had if you got yourself into God's will while you was on earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I want every single one of God's blessings he's got for me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going into battle. We are in a battle against a tough and determined enemy. See, the victory, if you're a Christian here today and you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, then the victory is already won over your life. You've been saved for eternity, praise God. But the devil still wants to disrupt you and take you off the plan that God has got for your life. He wants to put barriers in your way. He wants to stop you from living a life of an exciting Christian man or woman. He wants to stop that. He wants to disrupt you and he wants to give you a miserable life. Today, I want to just put in place, probably give you a few suggestions of how we can get over that. And the first subject I'm going to talk about is the unconditional Father's love, which, which t- have we got that uh, clip there, Aruna? That, which ties in to what you're going to hear on Tuesday night, and it will tie in very well. The unconditional Father's love, listen, I'm going to tell you a few facts and figures to start off. It's 70%, ladies and gentlemen, of all prisoners, male and female, had problems with their fathers. 80% of all rapists had problems with their fathers. 70% of all uni and college dropouts had problems with their fathers. 60% of all teenage suicides had problems with their fathers, etc., etc., etc. We believe that it's fundamental to our faith to understand that there is a God who loves you unconditionally. That's easy to say, but what does it really mean? I'm going to tell you right off the bat, Some exciting news. You are not an accident. No one here was an accident. You are made because God loves you. And you are made because God wants you to love him. I love this little little poem. And it it gets me every time I read it. It's a a poem that I found in a book called The Purpose Driven Life by a fellow called Rick Warren. If you haven't read that book, I'd advise you to get it. It's a great bit of uh, Christian uh, reading. And the poem goes something like this. It goes, you are who you are for a reason. You are part of an intricate plan. You're a precious and perfect, unique design called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb and you're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose. And no matter how you may feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind and they bear the master's seal. Now that struggle you faced was not easy and God wept that it hurt you so, but it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you grow. You are who you are for a reason. You've been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. Ladies and gentlemen, our society that we live in is a work and reward society, isn't it? We work and get rewarded. We work and get rewarded. That's the way it is. God's love is free and unconditional. I love this little um, phrase. It says, nothing you can do can make him love you more, but nothing you have done can make him shut the door. Romans 8, 37 to 39 tells us, 
We are more than conquerors. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we realise, as Phil alluded to earlier, that many people have had trouble with their own fathers. Sometimes they could be too strict. They can be a bully. They could be missing through divorce, neglect, or just separated or just simply walked away. We live, unfortunately, as I know, as I go around the country, we live in a generation of fatherless children. Other fathers are there but are not around. They're concentrating too much on their career. They're maybe down the golf course or down the pub or, or whatever. I never knew my natural father. My mother married when I was four years old. But I didn't get any love from my father, who I called father. I didn't get any love. It wasn't his fault. It was a generational thing. I played rugby many times and I was a very good rugby player at school. We represented the school all the way up until the sixth form and even played for the county and played for the Midlands and, 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 and was some, uh, had a great rugby career. But my father never came to see me once. I didn't think much of it at the time. But when I had two boys, I was desperate to go out and, and watch them play rugby or football. And my, my, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, my example is all too familiar. I, I, I said a, gave a talk uh, to a place in, in North Essex and a guy came up to me afterwards. He was a big lad. He was a police officer. And he said to me, Simon, I've been waiting 40 years for my father to tell me that he's proud of me. Ain't that sad? We've got to be careful what we say to our kids, haven't we? To be honest with you, free things, free guidelines to bring up children. Example, example, example. We've got to be careful. If we don't encourage our kids, if we don't tell our kids how great they are, if we don't tell our kids that we love them and how special they are, no matter how old they are, no one else will. And someone else will tell them something different, believe me. We understand that men and women probably sometimes don't have trouble accepting. Like Phil said, there's a Father God that loves them. They can understand Jesus, yeah, and they can understand the Holy Spirit, but a Father God that loves them, their father's probably been a, a, a strict taskmaster. I, I was at a, a, a men's breakfast a few months ago and I spoke to a fellow there. His father was West Indian and he used to beat him very badly on a daily basis. This fella had gone on. He had five different children from five different wives. It had ruined the start of his life. You see, John 3.16 tells us, doesn't he? He tells us that how much God loves us. He gave his only son. You imagine that. He gave his only son to die and be, to raise again for the forgiveness of our sins so that none will perish and everyone will get everlasting life. John 3, 1, 16 tells us, the prodigal son tells us in Luke 15, 11 to 32, just how quickly the father is to forgive us. Just how quickly he wants to forgive us. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to be bound by any words that have been said over you any part of your life. We can be free from that stuff. And I want to say today and declare today that anybody who's living under anything, anyone's told them, no matter how old you are, we declare today that those words are broken, the bondage is broken today, from this moment forward. You see, once you can learn to understand God's love, then you can learn to love yourself. I've got to tell you, you're the only one that you cannot get away from. You're with, you're, you're, you're with yourself 24-7. Ephesians 1-4 tells us that through faith in Jesus, we are viewed by God as being right with him, accepted and blameless. This is how much God loves you, no matter what you've done. I was in a prison, a big prison up in Newcastle, couple of years ago and I was talking to a group of people called a group of inmates there called the VPs now these were fellows who'd, uh, who were in prison for sexual offences and, and gang related they couldn't mingle with the, with the other prisons they were called the, the vulnerable prisoners I was speaking to those, those guys and sometimes you struggle because you know what they've been up to and I had my head down and I thought Lord how am I going to speak to these fellows and as I looked up there were 60 of them 
I saw 60 faces of little boys. And God's saying to me, I love these. These are my sons and I love them. That's how much God loves you. No matter what you've done. God wants you to get closer to him. And he wants you to get closer to him in prayer. Now if you struggle with prayer, well maybe this might help you. There's a, if you look at a word called Acts, A-C-T-S. Adoration, which means praise of God. Then confession, confess what you've done wrong and you want to get right. Then telling God, thanking God for what he's done. And then supplication is the S, which means asking for things. So this, just that little word, Acts, might just help you to pray a little bit better. You see, and also there's a thing called a Bible in one year. I don't know if anyone's into that at all, but I'm, I'm into it in a big way because it helps me. Um, you can get a Bible in a year, a book where you, you, you've got a bit of Old Testament, a bit of New Testament, and a psalm or a proverb. And if you get that book... There's a great commentary by a fellow called Nicky Gumble, who comes out of a church in, in, in West London and he fronts up the Christian course called Alpha. But he does a commentary which you can get online or to your phone or whatever, which explains it all. So we're going through Leviticus at the moment and that needs a bit of explaining, to be honest with you. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> Listen. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants to tell you. He wants to be involved in every single corner of your life. Nothing is too small to God. Why? Because everything is small to God, isn't it? He wants to be involved in giving you a parking space when there is no parking space. He wants to be involved in getting you to church when there is when all the roads are blocked off. He wants to be involved in getting you the best seat in a restaurant. He wants to be involved in every single corner of your life. He wants a relationship with you through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you've got trouble understanding that, if you've got trouble understanding that there's a father God who loves you, and as Phil said earlier today, start to follow Jesus more. Because Jesus Christ will lead you to the Father. Because Jesus did not do anything without speaking to the Father. And if you want to, I've got a lovely little story that, that shows just what that means. In the American uh, Civil War, uh, there was a soldier, and he was fighting on, on, uh, on the, uh, the, the um, Yankee army, and he wanted some leave, special leave. And he had to go and speak to President Lincoln. And he was sitting outside the White House in this office for days on end, and President Lincoln was so busy. And a little boy came to him once, and he said, what are you doing? He said, I'm waiting to see the president. He said, but he's very busy, and, and I, want, I want some leave. He said, well, don't worry, follow me. So he followed this little boy down all the corridors and he followed him through all the, past all the soldiers, two big doors, he went through the doors and there was uh, President Lincoln with all his generals looking, looking at a battle plan. And the president looked round and he said, what is it, son? He said, this fella wants to speak to you. Because he was the president's son and he brought him to the father. See, once you can learn to accept that God loves you unconditionally, then you can learn to love yourself, as we've said, and see yourself as God sees you, right with him through Jesus Christ. Then you can love others, because you will see others as God sees them. Listen, I never knew my biological father, but I know my spiritual father. And I have his DNA, the same as every single one of us has got his DNA planted in all of us. And do you know something? That makes us very, very special. Number two we're going to move on to is you're not alone. We know that we have the Father to give us the all-embracing covering. We know that we have Jesus to follow and be our motivator. And we know that we have the Holy Spirit to guide us and come alongside us with wisdom and discernment. But whatever, I'm going to tell you, each and every one of you out there today, that whatever you're going through, whatever you're thinking, whatever problems and struggles life brings to you, and nothing will hit you as hard as life, that is the truth, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. Others are going through exactly the same thing as you. Exactly the same problems, exactly the same struggles, others are going through them. 
And the Bible calls the devil the accuser. And the devil, the accuser, wants to separate and isolate you. He wants to pull you off the plan that God has for your life. Do you know what the biggest lies to a Christian are? The biggest lies to a Christian man or woman are this. That calling on your life is right. What you feel inside here is right. That's what you should be doing. But now's not the time. Now is not the time to do that. You've got your family to bring up. You've got your work to do. You've got money to make. All that sort of stuff. That's the biggest lie. That's what derails the most Christian people from achieving what God has got for them. And the biggest lie to someone who is a non-Christian is this. All that stuff about God, all that Christian stuff, that's right and it's true and it's proper. But now's not the time for you. Go out and have a bit more fun. Go out and enjoy yourself a little bit more. That derails and takes away more people than any other lie. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us the devil walks around like a, a roaring lion. 5.9 tells us to resist him with faith. So by handing our thoughts over to Jesus and repenting of our sins, we can accept the Father's forgiveness. But you see, the devil wants to put a double whammy on us. He wants to put a thought in the back of our heads and come round the front and said, did you really think that? You can't be a good Christian, but you can't be a good person if you think that. He wants to make us feel guilty. And the triple whammy, or the money shot, if you like, is when that thought leads to sin. And we then walk around in guilt. And as Christian people, we feel guilty and we feel condemned. But you know something Romans 8 1 tells us? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Corinthians 10 5 tells us every thought were to take and make captive and hand it over to Jesus. If we can do that, we do not let the devil get a foothold, get a stronghold in our life where he sought to get a foothold. Stuff he wants to get you involved in. He wants to get you involved in anger, jealousy, lust, resentment, gossip, pride, spiritual pride, all that sort of stuff. Distracts us from God's best for us. Did you know you can choose what you think? Did you know you can choose what you think? Did you, know, did you know that you don't have to invite these thoughts in? But what do we do? Sometimes when there's a juicy bit of gossip floating about, sometimes if someone has hurt us, what do we do? We invite them thoughts in and sit down and have a cup of tea with them, don't we? Oh, and get all cosy with them thoughts. That's what we do. Because we're humans, that's what we do. No. No, what we should be doing is... Closing the door. As soon as that gossip rises up, no, I don't want to be part of that. As soon as that thought comes into your head, no, Jesus, take that thought away. Just like that. It's as simple as that. Hand the thoughts over and your sins will be forgiven and they will be buried in the deepest ocean. Let me tell you today that God does not want you to go around fishing for them either and pulling them out. He wants to leave them, you to leave them there. He doesn't want you feeling guilty or condemned. He doesn't want you to have a pity party in your life. No. What defences have we got for this stuff? Well, we've got the casting down. Corinthians 10.5 tells us that. We've got the wonderful scripture, the armour of God. And people say, put on the armour of God. What I'm telling you today is never take it off. Keep it on. Ephesians 6, 14 and 20, we've got the belt of truth, we've got the breastplate of righteousness, we've got the sandals of peace, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the shield of faith. Scripture, praise, that's all great stuff to combat anything that's going on in your mind where the battlefield's taking place. Choose what you think and replace it with good stuff. Because if you don't, the Bible also says it will come back sevenfold to catch you out. The battlefield is the mind. Number three, ladies and gentlemen, is iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, 17. This does what it says on a tin. Iron sharpens iron. It does what it says in a tin. Get around good Christian people. Pray. Have coffee with people. Pray out in the open. Fellowship, talk and discuss the things of God. 
Find prayer partners, share issues. Don't, not just to dump on people, but, but to encourage and lift you up. Be accountable to each other. This is where we're going with these small groups. Because people get to know each other better. People can trust each other better. People can discuss each other better because there'll be things in a men's group that men won't want to discuss in front of their wives or partners. There'll be things in a women's group that women wouldn't want to discuss in front of their husbands or partners. But they will discuss it with other people going through similar sort of things. Someone, find people that will pray for you and you for them, even if it's just on the phone. That's why groups like we've got here, exceed and expire, are so expire. I beg your pardon. (laughs) 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 Oh dear. Let me start again. I was on a roll then, wasn't I? For them. (laughs) Is there a is there a thing underneath it? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Aspire. You know. They're great examples. Small groups are great examples. Listen, I had a mate of mine who's a, uh, who's a bit of a big deal up in the city of London. He's a Christian man and he's also an evangelist. And he rang me at 7.30 one morning and he said, Simon, I need a bit of prayer. I said, what's going on, Joe? He said, I'm out in Vietnam. He said, I'm with the biggest client that we've got. We've just come into a little bar. And he said, there's five of us. He said, and five of the most beautiful women have come and sat next to, down to each one of us. He said, I need to get out of here, but I need to get out of here in a way that well, I won't lose face. And Joe, a Christian man, married with a couple of kids, he needed to get out of that situation before it developed. We had a quick prayer on the phone, lifted him up, and God gave him a way. He gave him a door where he could go without losing face and meet him up a little bit later on. I go around and I speak to a lot of fellas and go to a lot of men's meetings. Two meetings, I've seen men stand up and say, I've got a problem with internet pornography. Two meetings I've seen that happen. Men get round them, pray for them. Don't judge or condemn them. They get round them and pray for them. That's what we've got to do. To live an exciting Christian life, we've got to be doing that. We've got to be walking that. And you know, like I said before, you don't have to feel ashamed or condemned. Romans 8, 1 tells us that. The Bible tells us, God's words tells us not to feel ashamed or condemned. We need to bring these struggles into the light. We are in a spiritual battle and the devil wants to keep you in the dark. He wants to keep you alone and isolated. He wants to keep you down. He wants to control and manipulate you. Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, wants to give you freedom and forgiveness. He wants to break the chains that are binding you with the stuff of the world. I love that song by Jesus Culture. Don't you? There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. And there's an army rising up, it goes on to say. And believe me, there's an army rising up. There's an army of kingdom men and kingdom women rising up in this country right now. And you've heard every single person in this room has got an opportunity to be be part of that. Jesus wants to release you to be the man or woman God made you to be. Why? So you can do the things he made you to do. He's got a destiny for all of you. Use what was meant for your harm to elevate you to another level. Build up your values with other Christians. Use social media. I don't know if you're into social media. I find it a little bit difficult at times. But but Twitter and all that sort of stuff is encouraging. And WhatsApp, if you're in a Christian WhatsApp group, they're encouraging. Because you get good encouraging messages. Be part of a prayer circle. If you don't come on the Tuesday night prayer and Bible study, try and make the effort to get here. It's important to be part of that. Make prayer a massive part of your armour. Because you know something? I don't know what time you give to God. I don't know what time you give to God, but the devil is at your door 24 hours a day. And if you don't give more time to God and start to, to move closer to God, and put God first, Matthew 6.33, someone else is going to take that place. God is looking at this meeting this morning, like Phil said, he's looking at this church meeting this morning. He ordained this meeting before the beginning of the world. He knew this meeting was going to happen. He's looking down and he's thinking, wow, there's a couple of hundred of my 
sons and daughters all worshipping me. He's cheering in heaven over this meeting. Praise God. Praise God. Number four is what is holding you back. What are the mountains, the Bible calls them mountains, what are they mountains in your life? I heard a story about people, fellas out in Indonesia, they, they want to catch monkeys. Now, I don't know why they want to catch monkeys. I can't explain that, but it's just how they catch them. And they have, um, they have pots, and they put little pebbles in these pots. Now, the pot is just big enough for the little monkey to get its little paw in. And when it grabs a pebble, it can't pull its paw out because it's making a fist in it and the hole's too, too small. And, of course... The hunters come along, and the monkey does not want to let go of that pebble. So he gets caught. If he, all he had to do was let go of the pebble and, and run off. But he doesn't. He holds on to it. What are you holding on to in your life today that is stopping you from God's best for you? The Israelites made an 11-day trip last 40 years. Why? I love what George Meyer says, because they complained and remained and didn't praise and be raised. There may be things that, you're hold, that are holding you back from getting God's best for you. Let me give you some examples. I'm going to whip through these very quickly, but there's loads more. The internet, pornography, lust, pride, anger, ego. Ego, E-G-O is edging God out. Love of money and material things. Guilt, unforgiveness. Control or being controlled, manipulation, attitude, gossip, TV, games, no integrity, fear, doubt, anxiety, lack of love for yourself, jealousy, spiritual pride, other people being blessed more than you, etc., etc., etc. There is a whole rake of things. Let me tell you something. Did you know that your attitude will keep you in the wilderness? The attitude kept the Israelites in the wilderness. Your attitude can keep you in the wilderness. Mountains affect your attitude. Life is 10% of what happens to you, but 90% of how you deal with it. Repeat behaviours come back time after time after time. We repeat, we repeat these behaviours. Sometimes these have been built up in us from little children. They're called strongholds. And they've been built up. The devil builds it up, builds it up, builds it up. And we go back. And we, whenever we're in a time of stress... Or problems, we retreat back behind these strongholds. We need to smash them down. We need to take them down. What does the Bible say about it? Well, first of all, we need to pray to be convicted. What's holding you back? What is your stronghold? And we need to take that wall down one brick at a time. And the Bible says it's not enough just to pray or meditate or read about this stuff. No, the Bible says... Yes, we have to change the ways of everybody else. What does, what does the Bible say about mountains? The Bible says we have to speak to our mountains. The Bible says we have to speak out loud to our mountains. Look, Mark eleven twenty three tells you this. Truly, I tell you, I, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that will happen, it will be done for them. Does not doubt in their heart. We've got to speak out loud. I love this from Zechariah 4, 6 and 7. He's talking about Zerubbabel building up the, the temple. He says, it is not, and, and Phil lovely because it ties in with what Phil was saying today. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. Speak out. Speak out loud against this stuff. Declare today that you're not going to live in bondage with, with stuff that's going on in your life. Speak out using scriptures in the name of Jesus. But remember, stop one chop does not bring down a tree. It's an ongoing process. But if you've got something that's going on in your life, if you've got a problem that's stopping you from God's best, if you've got to cast down a thought every second of every minute of every hour of every day, that's what you've got to do to get rid of that stuff and get victory in that area. Believe me, you've got to get victory in that area because none of this stuff is holding you back from the God's best for you. And like we said at the beginning, we want God's best. We've got to stop telling God how big our problems are and start telling our problems how big our God is. Ain't we? 
Do you want to know how big your God is? Let me tell you very quickly. The nearest star to the sun is on a place called, is a, I think it's called Alpha Centauri, which is four and a half light years away. That don't sound much, does it? But when you consider that one light year is equivalent to six trillion miles. So you've got the next star, the next star to our sun is 26 trillion miles away. Now the fastest satellite that man-made went at 135 kilometers an hour. Now if you go non-stop, you haven't got a comfort break, a toilet break, you're not stopping at McDonald's if you go go non-stop in that satellite at 135 kilometers an hour, it would take you 19,000 years to get there. Now God made all of that. God made all of that, and that's the nearest star. I love it in Genesis when it says, one, Genesis 1.16 says, He made the stars also. And he made every single one of them. That's how big our God is. Listen, sometimes what we don't realize, we've got a root inside of us. And it's easy to get rid of the weeds. Imagine, I don't know, if you've got a garden, a little weed comes up, and you think, I'll get rid of that, and you chop it away. Two weeks later, it comes back. You chop it away, two weeks later, it comes back. That's the same with us, inside of us. Let me tell you, give you an example in my life. I'm being very honest and open with you. I've been, I don't know if you've, have you heard of this Christian course called Alpha? Anyone heard of the Alpha? Well, that's part of my story, how I came to faith. And I'd been going down and I was helping and leading on these Alpha courses for a couple of years. And I thought as a Christian, I got it cracked. That's a dangerous place to be if you think you've got anything cracked. At the time, I had a lovely 10-stone Rottweiler dog. He's passed away now, but he was, he, he was a wonderful friend. And I was bringing him back in my little van, right? And I had him in the back of my van, and I'm bringing him back from a walk in the forest. It was a winter's day. I had a big jacket on, a woolly hat. As I'm bringing him back, four young lads in a car pulled straight out in front of me. Now, I thought got this Christian thing cracked. Listen what happened next. I pulled out in front of me, I had to swerve, there was no indication, didn't use their mirrors, I was swerving all over the place, I was tooting, flashing them, they turned around and gave me the old Hawaiian good luck sign. And I've got to tell you, the old red mist came down, the, the Christian head suddenly went on a passenger seat, I don't know if you experienced that. And I'm chasing these young lads. I'm following, I'm chasing them, I thought, what I'm not going to do to you, I'm going to teach you a right lesson. They didn't know the area. <laughs> They pulled into a cul-de-sac where there was no escape. I thought, yes, I've got you now. I pulled across the front of the cul-de-sac, got out of the van, got a dog out, and dogs going berserk. Well, I'm looking across, and they're putting down the locks and, and the car and all that. And what I'm not going to do with these lads? And suddenly I almost got to them. I suddenly went, hold on. You're supposed to be a Christian. You ain't supposed to be doing this stuff anymore. I told a dog to sit, which he did, fortunately. And I went over to these boys, and I said to them, Lads, could you use your mirrors next time, please? And you... <laughs> I drove round the corner, put my head in my hands. Lord, forgive me. It's the... You see, I've, I got rid of the weed, but the root was still in there. We need to speak out against this stuff. That song comes back to me again, doesn't it? There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Listen to me. God did not promise an easy life. God did not promise you an easy life when you became a Christian, if that's what you are here today. But he promised you a victorious one. I love this phrase, another level, another devil. Just before you're about to move up, God's just before, God's just about to move you up, you get it up the backside with something that comes out of the blue. And that true is the truth. Don't let it put your press in, press on. Listen, listen, bear this in mind. Your thoughts will become your words. Your words will become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your character. And your character will become your destiny. Please be careful what you think. Number five, we're moving on. God wants strong men and women. <laughs> that was one of the fellows in the car, wasn't it? 
<laughs> God wants strong men and women of faith. He wants men and women that are not tepid or lukewarm. Never compromise your faith just to fit in. Never water down your faith just to fit in. Because the Bible says we're called to be in the world but not of the world. Friendships, never run with a crowd just to fit in. Do not think you will convert people by trying to fit in. Do not think, think you'll convert people by trying to join in with the gossip. Do not think you'll convert people by going down the pub and talking to everybody. Because by the fifth or sixth pint, you'll be on the floor and they'll be saying, what sort of Christian are you? Do, you know what I mean? That's the, do not think that your faith should not be compromised. Stand back and stand up for your faith. And you may get some ridicule, but so what? Those people that are ridiculing you, when they're in trouble, they'll be the first people that will come to you and say, can you pray for me? Can you help me out here? Let Jesus shine out of you. Do not compromise your faith in the workplace. God causes us to be men and women of integrity. Never compromise your faith over deals, commitments, office banter, gossip, all that sort of stuff you can get drawn into just to fit in. I had a story where, uh, I've, I've given it up now, but I had a little security company. We went down to, uh, it was a big tender we were putting in for, and, and halfway through the tender, the fella looked round and he said, anyone who, who gets this tender has got to cross my palm with silver. Well, it was a big tender. And it was worth a lot of money. And I said to the fellow I was with, I said, I said, do you know what? We've got to go and tell people about this. So we went and we told his boss and there was an investigation. And that fellow was removed from the job and we still got a tender. My mate, my mate, good mate, Renan Baker, is a builder. Christian man. He was a football hooligan and he's, he, he's a now a, 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 a God-fearing Christian man. He was on a site. He'd done a job for someone. The price for the job was £4,000. He went to get the money and the fellow said, here you are, here's the money, give him £2,000. He said, the price was £4,000. He said, no, you're not getting another penny. Well, Renton went back and he fought and his sons were on the job. And he said, what are you going to do? They said, what are you going to do, Dad? Aren't you going to go back and sort him out? He went back. And the fellow said, what are you still doing here? You're like dirt under my nose now, move. Went and came out, drove away, walked away. Everything inside him wanted to go back and smash the work up that he'd done. But he didn't. He honoured God and moved away. A month later, he got another job, which was worth twice as much money as this one. God honours that sort of stuff. If you honour him, he'll honour you. Never abuse your position of power with colleagues. Show love. You know, I, I, I had that little security company and I had a, a, a lot of, um, a lot of um, uh, Asian fellows working for me and they're all uh, Muslim fellows. They could not believe when I just showed them a little bit of favour. They couldn't believe it. They're not used to it. That's what we've got to do because that's how Jesus would, would approach stuff. Show love. Avoid taking stuff like stationery and... and, and and making calls and, and, and ramping up the mileage with receipts or expenses. The Bible says, pay everything you owe. Give Caesar what is Caesar's. Do not deny Christ, ladies and gentlemen, and he will not deny you. Family. God wants strong men and women of faith to lead their families. He don't want you to be religious or regimental. No. He wants you to walk the talk behind closed doors. It's not easy, is it? It's easy to come here on a, on a Sunday and, and, and praise the name of the Lord. When you, what happens when you go home? It's difficult, isn't it? When I was doing the first Alpha course, I remember, you know, I thought I was a changed man. One of my sons started playing up, and before I knew it, I'd got him by the throat, halfway onto the floor, and he's looked up at me and goes, what about the Alpha? What about the <laughs> I've gone, oh, Lord. <laughs> it's difficult. I know, I know it's difficult, but this is what we've got to do. <laughs> we are, it's not easy, is it? So, especially where your kids are concerned. It's not easy being, being consistent 
showing consistent love to your kids. One of my, one of my sons uh, uh, only lives uh, you know, about 20 minutes away. And I know he's coming around and I think to myself, I've got to, he's a big lad, he's, you know, he's 30 old and I think I've got to tell him I love him, I've got to tell him how much he's, how special he is, uh, how wonderful he is. I look round and he's in my fridge or he's in my biscuits and I'm thinking, ah! <laughs> I have trouble being consistent but we ought to try to be like that. We've got to try to be consistent. That is the truth. We've got to show the love of Jesus to those around you. We can't force our faith on anybody. We can't force our faith on the family members who may be still searching. All we've got to do is just... Walk the talk and let Jesus shine out of you. Then they will be drawn to us. 1 Timothy 5.8 tells us, those who do not care for their families are worse than unbelievers. That's a powerful testimony, isn't it? It's a powerful bit of scripture. We've got to care for our elderly, elderly relatives. And above all else, we've got to tell, keep telling our children how special they are. God wants strong men and women to, in church to volunteer, to mentor, disciple. Phil was saying it this morning. If, you've, if there's a calling on your heart to do something within, within the church, great. Isn't that fantastic? Brilliant. Men, you do not need to be like Ned Flanders and leave your manhood at the door to be a Christian man. No. Women want strong men. Women want strong men. Follow Jesus, the strongest man that ever lived. Do not make the excuse that, oh, I've got too much work to do. Oh, oh, I'm too busy with this. I'm too busy with that. Because who gave you your work? Who gave you your family? Who gave you the money in your pocket? God gave you everything. God is your source. Your family ain't your source. Listen, and the last time I heard, the kingdom of heaven, ladies and gentlemen, is not in recession. The kingdom of heaven is alive and thriving and well. Put your trust and faith in trinkets and stock markets and all that sort of stuff and you'll come a cropper. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and you'll walk strong. That is the truth. God is your source. Remember, Matthew 6, 33 Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness above all else. The last one is discover God's plan or purpose. And we'll bring this, all this to a, to a close. Discover God's plan or purpose for your life. Said right at the beginning, didn't I? You are not an accident. And the Bible tells us God is love, not has love. God is love. And he doesn't need you or I. He doesn't need Phil. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need anybody. But he loves us. He created us to express his love. Want to know? Want to know what God's got for you? Pray. But listen. Listen to what God's got. How many times do we get down and pray and we don't listen to what God's put on our heart? I was speaking this morning to, 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 to Jo and, and she was t- telling, us, telling me all sorts of things about she opened her eyes and see where God was leading her. How many times are we walking around with our eyes on the ground and not focused on Jesus and we're missing stuff? We're missing the signals he's got for us. Pray, listen and obey. Obedience is the key. What excites you in your life? What excites you? Do not run before the Lord. How do you make God laugh? Anybody? How do you make God laugh? Silence. You tell him your plans, right? That's how you make God laugh. You tell him what you want to do. That's how you make him laugh. <laughs> I've done that a few times and ended up a cropper, to be honest with you. Be patient. God's time is not our time. I've talked about an Alpha course, didn't I? I remember when I was on that, I'd, I'd been on a couple of courses. And Nicky Gumbel, is the, his name, is, he's, he fronts up that Christian Alpha course. And it's an amazing thing, really, believe me. And one course I thought, they had a talk on evil. I thought, I could do that talk on evil. I've only been a Christian five minutes. And I said to the lady who was running it, I said, listen, I can do that talk on evil. 
She said, oh, well, that's interesting. I said, well, I can come from a different angle. She, she tapped Nicky Gumbel on the shoulder and she said, Nicky, Simon says he can do the talk on evil. And Nicky looked at me and went, oh, that's great. He said, we'll get you started off in a small group and then we'll work it. I didn't want to hear that, did I? I wanted to say, him to say, yes, up you go, right, right now. Let's see. No. So don't, we, we can't run before the Lord. Just follow Jesus. Be consistent in praying, reading God's word. Trust the, the word of the Lord. Matthew, remember Matthew 6.33. Remember Proverbs 3.5-6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Open your heart. Let the Holy Spirit put the plans that God has for you on your heart. No matter how impossible that might seem. God can do amazing things, ladies and gentlemen, with those who are obedient. Look at me, I'm an ex-police officer who uses me to go into prisons. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> and listen, I'll tell you this one. I was up in a place, in a prison called Risley. They call it Grizzly Risley. It's up near Wigan because it's not a nice place. And I was working there with some of the um, uh, lay people who go into prisons. And bless them, I was a bit judgmental. There's a couple in there with a, a couple of guitars and, and, and uh, sandals and socks, that type of Christian type of fellow. And I'm thinking... <laughs> Oh, bless them, bless them, they're lovely. Listen, I said, I was thinking, what, how can you relate to these prisoners here? I'll give my story, and, and, and I was surrounded by inmates, and they said, oh, we really like what you said, Simon, really, really like what you said, because you know something, do you know what, we want to be, all of a sudden my chest was going out, I was thinking, wow, and they, all of a sudden they said, because we want to be like, and I thought they were going to say me. They didn't, they said, we want to be like them. We want to be like them, Why? Because they'd seen Jesus Christ shining out of them. That's why they'd seen Jesus shine out of those beautiful people and they wanted the peace that they had. So no matter what God's put on your heart, follow it through. I was here before Christmas. Phil did a wonderful preach up on, on, on don't let anyone discourage you. Don't let anyone discourage you. Don't let anyone pull you off your path because there's people out there that will and want to get around encouraging people. Get around people that are going to lift you up. These six guidelines that I've just mentioned, we believe if you try and put them into place, you'll start to come into God's will. And when you come into God's will, amazing things can be done in your life. Matthew 19, 26 will tell us, with man this is not possible, but with God everything is possible. Ain't that the truth? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, I've got to tell you, believe that your breakthrough is around the corner. Winston Churchill gave a talk to Oxford University and all he, he got up and all he said was, never, 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 never give up. That's all he said. He sat down. Never give up. Of he, did, he didn't work hard for his money that night, did he? But, <laughs> but never, never give up. Never give up. God is just waiting for his time to release you to be the person he's made you to be. And if you feel this morning that you're in the wilderness, then maybe your attitude is keeping us there. And we're approaching Good Friday, ladies and gentlemen. If you feel that you're in a Good Friday place where it's all dark and there ain't much happening and you're alone, let me tell you, stick with Jesus, get closer to him, and your Easter Sunday will be just around the corner. Look in the Bible at people like Joseph. Joseph was sent to prison for 13 years for something he never committed. And when he came out, God restored him. Give him double for his trouble. 73 times in the Bible, God, it says God remembers you. God remembers each and every one of you here today. Isaiah 49, 6, 16 says he carves you in the palm of his hand. Whatever it is you're searching for today, it might be, it might be um, a, a partner, it might be a job, it might be ministry. God remembers you, he knows your name, he has not forgotten you. I have a picture today, I have a picture today of, of some people or some person here today, they feel like they're in a quicksand of life's problems and troubles and life is sucking them in. Life is sucking them in and they're just reaching up and Jesus is reaching down and he's saying to you, give me your hand and I will pull you out. Give me your hand and follow me to victory and glory. That's what he's saying to you today. I also have 
I also have a, a, a thought of someone here today, or might be people here today, God wants to restore your childhood. I don't know how he's going to do it. Something has robbed your childhood. God wants to restore it today. Let me tell you something. You will never be so spiritual that the enemy will leave you alone. No. He'll be at your door. But with this stuff, like we've been talking about today, you can grow stronger in your faith. And I love the quote that says, for there is no limit to what we can become if we dwell in the Spirit. You were not made to be mediocre, ladies and gentlemen. You were not made to be ordinary. You are a child of the living God. Phil said it earlier. The power that raised Jesus from the grave is in each and every single one of us today. God wants his very best for you. That is why he gave us his son to follow. And you know something? People pay thousands of pounds for a life coach, but we've got the best life coach for free, and that is the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know your destiny? Do you want to know the seeds that God planted in you? Maybe some of you, he's planted seeds in you, and maybe they've been planted and and life has covered them over for many, many years. God's here today and he wants to tell you that those seeds are only planted. They're not buried. They can come alive. Follow Jesus. If you want to know your destiny today, follow Jesus. Why? Jesus fulfilled his destiny. He fulfilled his destiny on the cross. He took all of our sins. Now that might, we hear that very often, don't we? But do you know someone who lives, say, for 60 years, and say has five transgressions a day, that's 110,000 sins. God's taken all of that. Every single one of them, Jesus took them on a cross. And he wants to tell you, if today is your Good Friday, your Easter Sunday is about to happen. The power that raised Jesus is in you. Make yourself available. God's not looking at your ability, he's looking at your availability. Follow Jesus. I'm going to just wind this up and just want to say to you this. Ask a question and throw me back the answers. Describe me a real man. Describe something that describes a real man. Just shout it out. Love someone who loves God, yep. Strong, yep. Faithful, yep. Anything else? Sorry? Merciful, yep. Obedient, yep. These are all good things. Yes, sir. Yeah, someone who dies for what he's believed. Well, powerful stuff, isn't it? Integrity, courage, all that sort of stuff. Humble, all that sort of stuff. Listen, if we wrap all that up, it's very difficult to find that in one man, ladies, isn't it? Very difficult to find it in a couple of fellows. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> But there was one man, there was one man who walked the earth, who did all that and more. And who was that? Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, We would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.